0: Good evening everyone. Good evening. It's good to see everybody in the house of the Lord uh, this evening. And we will be in the book of Matthew, the uh, chapters 10, verse 34. And as we uh, explore this particular topic, it comes uh, uh, to me as we um, were working uh, at, the, at the fair yesterday, and somebody walked up to the fair booth and they asked the question, they said, They said, where where is the apostolic church? And and, and the answer is the apostolic church is right here. Now, now, there was a difference between the apostolic church that they were looking for and the apostolic church which which, which exists in the Bible. Now, Now, when they were looking for the apostolic church, they were looking for that particular denomination that hangs on Acts chapters 1 and 2, and they teach that God gave them uh, the ability, gave all people present there the ability to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. However, if you were to go back to the last book of the last chapter of the book of Luke, you would find out who Jesus was talking to and who he was promising the Holy Spirit to. You would find that he was talking to the 11, which are the apostles. And in Acts chapter 1, he completes, he picks up his conversation, still talking to the apostles. And he has told the apostles to go down to Jerusalem and wait for the power to come. Now, if the power goes to anybody other than the apostles, then it makes Jesus a liar. And when did Jesus ever lie? It would mean maybe Jesus didn't know what he was talking about. But when did God never know what he was talking about? It would mean perhaps that Jesus was making a mistake. But when did Jesus ever make a mistake? The truth of the matter is, Jesus promised the power or the ability to speak in unknown languages uh, to the apostles because the apostles had a job to do that day on the day of Pentecost. That day they were to preach the gospel, one message from one God for one purpose to many people who had gone different places, picked up different languages, but still needed to understand the one message. So when the scripture says, that the scripture that the tongues were unknown, they were only unknown to the speaker. Because then if you read in Acts one and Acts two, it says, Are not all these men from Galilee, are they not all? From Jerusalem, are they not all Jews? How is it that I understand him in my language? Bible goes on to teach in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and 1 Corinthians chapter 14 that, that when someone enters into your assembly, they come into the assembly needing to hear one thing, the gospel of Jesus Christ. In 1 Corinthians 13, Paul explained that I wish that you could all prophesy, right? Now there's a difference between prophesy S-Y and prophecy C-Y. Prophecy S-Y is to proclaim the word he said, I would rather you be able to proclaim the word in a way that could be understood by all men rather than to prophesy and edify one's self, to be a foreseer." So he was talking about being able to proclaim the word of God. If a man comes in and knows not what was what to become of his soul, and he sees people running around speaking in all different types of ways, First Corinthians chapter 14, check it for me, that when you go over there, you say, will he not think that you are all fools? Will he not that you all crazy? Instead, when one speaks, let one speak at a time. When one speaks, remember that the spirit is under the control of the speaker. There is no such thing as the, as the spirit made me do it. Just as Flip used to say, the devil made me do it. No, he didn't. He suggested it and you chose it. Bible tells you in James chapter 1 that God tempts no one. Huh? That's what it said, right? Mm-hmm. But sin when it gives birth. Read James, what it is, it tell you? So now, so here's the thing. So the apostolic church is the church of Christ. Why? Because in Acts chapter 2, it said they continue, they continue in the apostles' doctrine and of breaking of bread, and of singing. It, the doctrine of the apostles, meaning we do what the apostles did, the first Christians did. And they didn't teach that speaking in tongues was necessary to be saved. They never told me. Huh? So they, they say, where's the apostolic church? It's right here. Right? But you got to understand, those other names, those other names mean, uh, when you hear those other names, that other name is connected to the particular doctrine that they believe other than the doctrine of Christ. And the Bible tells us in First John 2, uh, 1 John 9 and 11, it says that if you go beyond the teaching of Christ, you have not the Father nor the Son. All right? Paul writes, be careful not to go beyond that which is written. All right, so now, so, now, so here's we, we talk about the Apostles' doctrine, Okay, and so, so we want them to know that the Apostolic Church is right here. But now, here's the thing, if you're going to be a part of the true Apostolic Church, you see, it's the Church of Christ. See, it's not the Church of the Apostles. The Apostles worked for Christ, but they didn't, they didn't establish a church. Amen. That's why it cannot be the Apostolic Church. But then, nor can it be the Pentecostal church. Because, see, Pentecost was but a day. It wasn't a way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Therefore, Philippians chapter 2 says, the only name that you can wear is that of Christ because it's in his name only. In his name only can salvation be found. See, Pentecostal was a day. No way. Amen. Huh? So then we're going to call ourselves all these different things. You're calling yourself something man-made up, but not what God authorized. Now here's the problem. When it comes to the Lord's church, see, there's only one way to get into the Lord's church. The only way to get into the Lord's church is by obeying the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now what is the gospel? The gospel is in First Corinthians 15, 1-4. It talks about the life, the death, the burial. And resurrection of jesus christ and paul said in romans chapter 1 verse 16 that that, that i am not ashamed of the gospel Rather, i said i'm eager to preach the gospel he is i'm a debtor to all in need of the gospel right so now if if you are a true child of god and that's and even as me being a preacher see i can be a gospel preacher but i can't be any other kind of preacher Because there's only one key to the kingdom, and that key is the gospel key. He gave it to him. He said in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, I'm going to give you the keys, not just you, Peter, but I'm going to give it to all of you. And every time you preach and teach, you use the keys to open the kingdom to let people in. Now, what do I mean by that? I need to say that so that you know that in the Lord's church, there's no such thing as an altar call. There's no such thing as opening the doors of the church. Because Jesus opened the doors of the church early one Sunday morning. And they haven't closed since he got up. So when they talk about now we open the doors to the church, that's a lie. The doors of the church are always open. Does that make sense to anybody? Amen. Okay, so now, if all this is true, right? In Romans 1.16, it says, uh, uh, we don't to to Romans 1.16. Romans 1.16. Because see now, in, in, in the gospel, when we did this in our BBS, there's a power.
1: And that power is unto salvation.
0: Go ahead and read Romans 1.16. Come on. Well, I'm not ashamed of the
1: gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. For the Jew first, and also for the Greek. It is the power of God
0: unto salvation for who?
1: For every few. everyone who believes. Every other
0: person. Everyone who believes. Everyone who believes. And that word again, underline believes in your Bible. Draw a line over to the margin. And as I told you, that word is a pregnant word, because in that word is adherence. It is trust, it is relying upon, it means to obey. So everybody, read it again. For everyone who believes, Obeys, who trusts, who relies upon. Read. For
1: everyone who believes for the Jew first, and also for the Greek. All right, so
0: everybody who will obey and trust God's way, they can be saved, right? And we said this morning, we taught everybody, the best way to get in God's way is simply to do what? Disopen Disobey. Right? Mm-hmm. So now, see, so now, this is a power in this gospel. And Romans chapter 10 says, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the gospel. But then it says, behold it. How can, I? let's go to Romans chapter 10. Let's go over to Romans chapter 10. All right, Romans chapter 10. All right? Now, 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 in Romans chapter 10, 10, about verse 1. Brothers and sisters, my heart's desire prayer to God on behalf of the Jewish people is that they would be saved. I can assure you that they are deeply devoted to God, but they are misguided. Understand, y'all. Uh, read your uh, read your Romans uh, 10, verse 1 for me. Nico, go ahead, read. Brethren, my heart's desire in prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. For I bear witness that
1: they have a zeal for God, but not according to the knowledge all right, now hold it. Now
0: when, now, when Paul wrote this letter, he wrote this letter to the Church of Christ at Rome. He was writing to Christians, right? And he said, now, my desire is for the Jews to be saved. The Jews were God's chosen, chosen people. He said they were zealous, right? But there's a problem. They're misguided. They have a zeal, right? But zeal without what? And if you're going to get knowledge, you need understanding. What does that tell you, church? Church. You know a whole lot of people that are religious, don't you?
1: Amen.
0: You know a whole lot of people that are religious, people go to ch- church, go and folk, you know a whole lot of them, right? And they can be zealous, they can be all kinds of excited for the Lord, but guess what? They can also be misguided. See, I'm not telling you that there's all evil people in denominations, because denominationalism isn't, in, it isn't even in your Bible. But see, there are these people in this thing called denomination that, that's foreign to God. Now, I'm not going to tell you those people are evil, but what I am going to tell you are they are sincere folks who are sincerely misled. Mm-hmm. And they need to be led back to God. They need to be led to God. And God gave a way to call them. And he calls them through the gospel. Mm-hmm. Right? So he says, These Jews, they, they are, they're zealous, but they're misguided. Read. For I bear witness, for I witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to the knowledge. For they, being
1: ignorant of God's righteousness, and seeking to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted to the righteousness of God. For Christ <clears throat> is the end of the law, for righteousness to everyone who believes. For Moses writes about the righteousness which is of the law. The man who does those things shall live by Nico, They go, they're, they're religious, right? You know people who are
0: religious. Mm-hmm. huh? You know people who are indeed zealous, right? But there's just one thing that keeps them from being righteous. And the word righteous means be having right standing before God. There's one thing that keeps them from being righteous, and it's because they have not submitted their hearts to God. A heart, if you study Cardio in the Greek, it is the seat of the emotion where you make your decisions, where all your thoughts dwell, where they are formed, where they are made up. Up here, they have not submitted it to God. They haven't said, God, according to Psalms 51, Cleanse my heart with hyssop. Cleanse me and create in me a clean heart. Wash my heart with the blood of your son. Because they have not obeyed. Because they have not submitted. They can be religious, but they'll never be righteous. Because only one thing, there's only one thing that can make one righteous. And that is the blood of Jesus. But you can't come in contact with the blood until you obey the gospel. That makes sense. And, and he says right here, he says, verse uh, 5, Moses writes about receiving God's rule by following his law. He said, the person who obeys the law will live because the law he obeys. However, scripture says, about God's approval which is based on faith. Don't ask yourself who will go up to heaven and get it for you. Don't ask who will go down into the depths and bring it back to you. I'm over in, uh, uh, follow with me in verse eight. However, what else does it say? The message is near you. It's in your mouth and it's in your heart. This is the message of faith we spread. If you declare that Jesus is Lord and believe that God brought him back to life, you will be saved. By believing, remember, believing is obeying, is trusting, is adhering. It is obeying, it is submitting, right? So now look at what Paul is doing. He's connecting the teaching back to Paul, to Moses' writing. Moses wrote this in the last couple chapters of Deuteronomy. He had been repeating it and repeating it, and he's now quoting it. Don't say it's too high for me, too low for me, too far for me. It is right here with you. How do we know? Because John chapter 1 told you that in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among you. Huh? The angel came down and told his mom and daddy, name him Emmanuel. Why? Because he is God with you. So, the truth is not far from you. Jesus came, he lived, he walked, he died, he resurrected and went back. But he didn't leave you without evidence of his existence. What he left you was the word of God. And the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 1 that in sundry times he spoke to the fathers and the patriarchs. But now he speaks to us through his son. And how does his son speak? His son speaks through the word. So when you read these words, the divine mind of God, 2 Peter, chapter 1, 1, 19 through 21 says, no scripture began with man, it began with God. He sent it from on high so you can know it down here, so you can make it back home to him. Huh? Peter writes later on that he is, through his magnificent power, has made all things, in verse Peter, chapter 1, he says, he's made all things known to the first one. Peter uh, 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 chapter one first Peter uh, chapter one let's go over there because I want y'all to know that brother Johnson did not make this stuff up and I want you to go back and be able to check it for yourself after a while and we get over there first Peter and I think I, somebody moved it out of my body because I can't find it all right so now uh, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, uh, Second Peter chapter one. Now, Second Peter chapter one, verse three, come on, read, Nico. And his divine power
1: <laughs> has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. Mm hmm. By which we have been given, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. That through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Now, watch it now. Look at it. God's divine power has given us everything we need for life and for
0: godliness. Could you underline that? Everything you need for life and godliness is in the book. Huh? He gave it to you. And the power was given to us through the knowledge of the one who called us by his divine glory. So you just read in Romans 10. They had zeal but without knowledge, right? But then it goes on. Later on, he says, now, in Romans 10, he says, but now, they need to hear. But how can they hear? How can they hear without a preacher? Surely, anybody could have came and said something to them. But no, they needed a gospel preacher. One who was going to preach God's transforming power. Huh? If you go to Acts chapter eight, then anybody could have came to the eunuch and said, "Oh, I read that too, huh?" But only one could run up next to him and say, "Do you understand what you read?" You think about that, y'all? Because was the eunuch was the eunuch a righteous man? He was, he was a religious man. He was coming from he was coming from worship, and he was reading the Book of Isaiah, wasn't he? Riding in his carriage, and he was reading. And then and then anybody could have ran up to him and said something to him, couldn't he? But all of a sudden, God moved Philip. Philip ran. Y'all got to understand that. Philip ran fast enough from where he was to catch up with the carriage. Caught him and said, can you understand what you mean? He said, how can I? Unless somebody teaches you. Huh? And he could only give that answer to a gospel preacher. One who was going to teach him. How? And it says, the Bible says,
1: he preached unto him Jesus. And somewhere in that message along there,
0: somewhere, it convicted him so that he said, Here is water. What doth hindereth me from being baptized? You can't separate baptism from the gospel. You can't separate baptism from salvation. Huh? So, so now, and notice, 2 Peter, he said that this thing can give you everything for true life and godliness. So, if this gospel is so great, and if there's so much in it, because he says something else, y'all. He says something else. That that, that in this, he said, uh, read verse, you still in 2 Peter chapter 1, Nico? Yeah. Read verse 10 for me. Uh, Read verse 10 and 11, and nobody in this room is going to believe you when you read
1: it, but read it anyway. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make. Your call in election, sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so, some- what do you mean? Never stumble?
0: I have spent too much of my life talking about how I am not perfect. I ain't perfect. I mean, I ain't perfect. I mean, I ain't perfect. I mean, I ain't perfect. But what did the Bible say? If you do these things, you will what? Never
1: stumble. Is he lying? Come on, read. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You see
0: that? Look at that. If you keep doing this, you will never fall away. That's what it means. You'll never fall away from Jesus. If you keep doing those verses between 5 and 9, if you keep adding to your faith, you will never fall away. Then you will also be given wealth by entering into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So, if this gospel is so great, it transforms me, has so much in it, and it can get me—I can never fall away. It can put me in the kingdom. Let me ask you a question: Why are the people afraid of? You? Did you know people are afraid of the gospel? Yes. They're afraid of, and I'm gonna tell you why. Matthew chapter 10, verse 34 says, "Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth." I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. That's Jesus talking, right? Now, that's for all of y'all who I around saying, Jesus is so nothing. He's so, he's so, he's so, baby, Jesus, full of peace, baby, Jesus. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. Let earth receive her King. Right? When he comes back, they won't be singing that. They'll be too busy running to the rock. Wishing the rock would fall. It'll be too late. It'll be too late, right? So people are afraid of the gospel. Let's talk about that. Why? Why? In 2 Corinthians chapter one three through seven, God's will is God's will to comfort the suffering and the discouraged. Now I'm not going to read the scripture, but I'm going to give it to you. In 2 Corinthians chapter one verses three through seven, God wills comfort the suffering and the discouraged. You understand that? Because see, I need you, because if people could understand this, church, if people could understand this, you could see a drop in suicide like nobody's business. If people could understand this, we wouldn't have so many random shootings. Huh? If, if people could understand this, folks wouldn't be so filled with rage and hate and needing to hurt somebody else in order to feel better. They would understand that the will of God is to give them comfort, to suffer, and to bless be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort which, which we ourselves are comforted by God. You want to know why you go through stuff? Hey, hey, you want to know why you go through stuff? Hey, you, you go through stuff so you can understand God's comfort. So, so that you can get acquainted with his comfort and then be able to explain how he comforts to somebody else. Amen. That's why you got to learn to make it medicine for somebody else. Sometimes things will happen, but you let it happen. You take it and you bandage it with care. Put it on the shelf because somebody somewhere is going to need that medicine someday. When you sit and listen to a message and you say, oh, this ain't for me. This don't apply for me. Fool, listen anyway. You're being arrogant, you're being puffed up, you're being full of yourself because it's more than just about you. God has given you something because he's looked down the streams of time and you're going to meet somebody someday who's going to need what he just gave you. So instead of whining and complaining, why not have joy that he's chosen me? We just talked about this the other day. We talked about this the other day. That God's favor, you know God's favor? God's favor is when he chooses you to be tried. Being blessed is out of everybody else he could have chose, he chose you for the test.
1: Mm. Huh? Amen.
0: That means he's going to use me. So his will is to comfort, the suffering, and the discourage. Now, however, I need you to see something. There's a difference between providing comfort and believers being comfortable. Did you know there's a difference? There's a difference between providing comfort, comfort and being comfortable. Right, Bible says in Isaiah forty one and two, it says, "Comfort, yes, comfort my people," says your God. Speak comfort to Jerusalem and cry out to her that her warfare is ended amb- and that her iniquity is pardoned. The same God who sought comfort for His people also condemned them for being comfortable. In Amos chapter six, verse one, "Woe to you who are at ease in Zion!" You know why God doesn't want a bunch of comfortable people. Because comfortable people are just about that far from being complacent. God wants hustlers. Uh, I tried to explain to you one time before. When Jesus came walking through the dusty streets of Jerusalem, he chose for himself 12 hustlers. He get, why didn't he get the highest of the high, most educated of the most educated? Because it's the same thing we say all the time. He does not call the qualified, he qualifies the call. Amen. He came through the dusty streets of Jerusalem looking for somebody who had enough sincerity that when they got it, they would run with it. And these twelve could do it. They were uneducated men. But he wanted them uneducated because he was going to do the educating. Amen. And he knew these boys. That once they got it, it was going to run with it. And you, can, and you can see it. Remember Andrew? His brother, the one guy. He said, let me go get my brother. You got to come hear this. This is the one. He was sitting in the boat with his daddy. They left daddy and went and followed Jesus. He said, guess what, man? I found the one. Where is he? I'm coming. Huh? You understand what that means? Mafia, that's what that means. But well, Lee is constantly saying, man, I found the one. Come on. That's what he means. When he says, mafia, I know the one who can do it all. I know the one who has sustained you. I know the one who maintains you. And I know the one that keeps saving you every time you put yourself in some nonsense. Come on and let him him comfort you. God doesn't want comfortable Christians, nor does he want coward soldiers. Because he can't use them. He don't need them. The self-control that's why he told Gideon that when you go down to the water and the ones who who, who just stick send them home because they're given. those who just stick their face in the water send them home because they don't know how to control themselves they don't know how to stoop down and be and be respectful and scoop water and look and be ready and sober at all times send them home you know why because if they're ruled by their desires if they're ruled by their emotions and when they're ruled by their emotions and trouble comes, fear will seize them. And when you turn around, they won't be there. I don't own no coward soldiers. I'll take 300. I'll take 300. Huh? Lee, Lee, you about to read about any, uh, uh, uh. Nico, make sure you show them where they get. And that's the true story of the 300. Right there. Right? Right? So then the gospel allows, it allows comfort and, and well, see, just as the gospel gives comfort, it also causes fear. Why does it cause fear? The gospel, you know why? Because it addresses sin. And people don't like their sins messed with. Hmm? Hey, you know how real touchy and personal people are with their sins? Leave me alone. That's fine. Uh, that's Hebrews 12, 1. Leave those, those sins that so easily beset you. It says it right there. that Romans three twenty three says, For all the sin that falls short of the glory of God. Romans six twenty three for the ways of sin is death. 1 well, John 1, says, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Nico, you want to know why when you share with them? Church, you want to know why when you trying to share with them the book and share with them the gospel, why they run? Because they know something about that word. That word is going to prick them in the heart. It's going to address their sin. No matter what face they put on, no matter how much foundation or concealer, he's going to go right underneath it, and he's going to talk to them like the parrot at the pet store. You know show his up, Huh? People are afraid of it because and and it, it addresses your sins. Another thing, the gospel also, not only does it address sin, it forbids sin. Hold up, you mean I can't do, you mean I can't do the stuff I like to do. Huh? Bible says 1 John 2 verse 1, my little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. Bible says, 1 John 3, verse 4 through 6, whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. And you know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him there is no sin. Whoever abides in him does not sin. Whoever sins has neither seen him nor do they know him. Now, now, now let me show you what that means. That doesn't mean, and listen, y'all, that doesn't mean, <coughs> let me turn the light off so y'all can see what that is. Uh, that doesn't mean that when you commit, when you commit a sin, that doesn't mean that you don't know. What it means is it's those who make a lifestyle out of sin. Who, who it's it's the difference between falling down and getting back up and throwing yourself down and wallowing in it. Huh? Huh? Who make a lifestyle? And another reason why they're afraid of the gospel, the gospel says that sin was the cause of Jesus' suffering. Who wants, to, who wants to accept that every time I sin, I cause Jesus to suffer? I'm having a good day. Why can't I come in and just get my praise on? Why can't I come get my praise on? I'm gonna come in and get a praise on today. And you know, I'm gonna come do my little ties, I'm gonna stay in my proper line and get my money. Y'all know the lines are? See, 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 if you go to some of these places, right? You go to some of these places? pastor will have in the building, right, up front, the big money folks sit up front. Then mm-hmm. you know, those who give a, a, a couple thousand and more, they sit up front, off to the right, off to the left, right. Mm-hmm. And then right down the middle will come the people who do the quick tithing, you see? Mm-hmm. Now, the quick tithing, it'll be broken up into whatever the pastor's decided, that they, because you know mm-hmm. what they'll say, now nah, we are glad, mm-hmm. right, we'll there. Yeah. we're glad to take the money, the jingles, but we would going have the money, like <laughs> Is that all right? Can I say that? Mm-hmm. Can I say that? Is that? Yeah. Is that all right? Can I say that? <laughs> huh? are going to roll with a little change. <laughs> but every now and then you need a couple five, tens, and $50 bills. Is that all right? Mm-hmm. Huh? It's some time. They want to tell Pastor, Pastor, if you need that much money, why don't you sell some of the things you have? Mm-hmm.
1: Pastor will say something like, that is easy
0: for you to say because you have none of these things. I've gotten used to my jet. I ain't letting go over yet.
1: I've got used to my armor bearers. I
0: so, so listen, I'm going to pay for
1: my armor-bearers out of the $20 line. Wow. Uh, and I'm going to pay for my shoes out of the $50 line. Hmm. Y'all think I'm
0: lying? That's true. You think <laughs> I'm lying? <laughs> Ask somebody to tell you I'm not lying. So here's the point with that. The gospel says, You doing that, you are causing Jesus to suffer. Romans chapter 5, 6 to 8 says, For when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly, for scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Huh? 1 Peter 2 24. Who knew? who himself bore our sins in his own body on a tree, that we, having died to sins, might live in righteousness, by whose stripes we are healed. Another reason why they're afraid because the gospel addresses the sin of those near and dear to us. Matthew 28, 18-20, Romans 1-16, a lady walked up to me yesterday at the booth. She said, you know what, one day, she said, it was 10-20 it was years ago, I came to the church of Christ. When I was in the Church of Christ, I was studying with one of the preachers, and you know they had the nerve to tell me that my grandmother went to hell. And she said, I left there and I would never go back again. I was 16, I'm 40-something now, I swore I'd never go back. I looked her in her face and said, give us another chance. Because what I wanted to ask her is now, why did he say it? Because he's a thing. When you look in your Bible, there's salvation only in Jesus' name. Right? Right. So if I'm running around calling myself a United Methodist, then I need to go to the Bible and find where United Methodist saves. And if United Methodism does not save, then how will I be saved? She said, well, my grandmother, I loved her dearly. I loved her with all my heart. She was a Methodist. And I couldn't bear to think that she went to hell. Well, honey, that's none of your business. Because she's gone now. See, because my grandmother was a Methodist. And as much as I love my grandmother, I can't make her right with God. Amen. I love my grandmother, but I can't make her right with God. No matter how great you think somebody is, it doesn't make it so. Because you know why? Your view is limited. You can't see their soul. Amen. God can. And God made it possible for them to hear him and obey him all the days of their life. Now, if they chose not to hear, they took their soul in their own hands. And when he called them, because there's a there's an appointment that we've all got to make. There is a point to every man but once to die and then the judgment. Now, when that time comes, we don't know. But why be found in something that the Bible doesn't know? Amen. Huh? Get off of yourself. And I'm going to tell you what. I, I said, I, and the thing is, honey, if, if grandma loves you like, you like you say she does, then I'm going to tell you what. Grandma would probably say, baby, I had my chance. Now, if the Lord is calling you, answer me.
1: Amen.
0: Y'all know what I'm talking about? Go back to the book of Samuel and read it. huh? Remember when, when, when Hannah had her baby boy and Hannah took her baby down to the temple to be raised? And, 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 and God was already going to replace Eli. He was going to replace him, right? And Eli knew it. He knew he was going to be replaced. And they would sleep that night. And the boy got up. He ran to Eli and said, Master, did you call me? He said, no, son, I didn't call you. I heard somebody calling my name. There used to be an old song back there. He said, hush, 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 hush. Somebody's calling my name. He ran to him again during the night. He said, did you call me, master? He said, no, son, I didn't call you. But the next time you hear that voice, say, your servant hears. Inshallah. Huh? Eli had had his time, and he knew it was the boy's time. So if he had any sincerity or integrity about him, he would point him the right way. So there's nothing you can do about grandma, but you can. You See, one thing that doesn't change, y'all, is the past. But you can change the present. And you have something to do with the future if you just keep your mind rooted in the present and in God's hands. Does that not make sense to anybody? And see, see, the gospel also, it causes fear because men do not want to hear that many of the people they love are destined for perdition. That's to be lost. In 2 Thessalonians 1, verse 6 through 9. It also causes fear because the gospel dispels ignorance. Men love the gray areas of ignorance and partial knowledge. John 3, verse 19, and this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world. Men love darkness rather than light because, they, they, because they're because they evil. You ever heard somebody say, don't tell me, just let me be ignorant? Right. Anybody ever told you that? I don't want to hear it. Don't tell me. Just let me be ignorant. Because ignorance is bliss. No, it's not because there's coming a day when Jesus is going to come and you will not be able to plead ignorance. Huh? There is no gray areas with God. There's grace, but there's no gray areas. Huh? And then another reason why gospel cause fear, because it is easy to get comfortable with one's level of understanding, but to stand still, y'all, is to fall back. You know, a preacher once told me, a preacher once told me, and he was teaching, he had the audacity to teach this. He had the audacity to teach that if people wasn't moving forward, they could just stand still. A brother in Christ was teaching this, y'all. He taught that if you're not moving forward, you can just sit dormant in Christ Jesus. There is no such thing. If you're not moving forward, honey, you're falling back. Huh? Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 15 through 18, and also in Romans chapter 6, it tells you, you're gonna serve somebody. Either righteousness or wickedness, you're gonna serve somebody. And if you haven't given your life to Christ, you're serving Satan right now. Huh? Huh? Another reason why the gospel calls fear, because men fear to learn, because learning brings responsibility. Anybody know that? Second Peter, I mean 2 Timothy 2:15. See. Some of you won't get promotions on your job. You you can get a promotion. But some, you know what, you just don't want more responsibility. Because more responsibility is more work. I don't want that. But if God now is moving you in that direction, best believe if that's where God wants you to go, he's already been there and prepared you. All you got to do is step up. Some people don't want to. Do, do, do you know anybody who just loves to stay ignorant? They don't want to learn. They want to be prisoners of their pain, prisoners of their past. They don't let anybody talk to them. You try to talk to them, they cut you off. Huh? You ever talk? You say, look, I'm just. No. But if you were just, no. <laughs> and then it goes on and say, la 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 la
1: la." The fact of the matter is when Jesus comes he's going to look you in the face and say
0: on this day at this time this is what was said. Now why didn't you hear? And there is no such thing as well what happened before. He knows what you did. Men fear that. Men also fear the gospel because the gospel makes one righteous. First Peter 1 Peter 1.14-16 And obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the form of lust as an angels, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your co-. There's the there's the dangerous part, y'all. Can I show you? Right there where it says, be holy in all of your conduct, because it is written, be holy for I am holy. He says, be set apart in everything you do. Some of us, but let me make that <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, stop squinting. You see, that? you see that right there? Holy in all of your conduct. See, some of us want to be holy in some things, but not everything. Lord, you can have this, but you can't have that. Well, then you're not ready to walk with the Lord then. Huh? Because there is no halfway. The gospel causes fear because it makes you righteous. Now, do you really want to be righteous? Do you want to be a right standing with God? Huh? Ask yourself that question. And then the gospel causes fear, and I think it's biggest food. you can see. People are afraid to be clean. They are afraid of the pressure, the restraints, and the effort required by righteousness. Did you know that? People in sin are afraid to face their own image, The mirror of the God of, of, of the gospel is falls their own dirt to guess who? Themselves. If you walk around with a high opinion of yourself, God will certainly know, let you know just for you. And people are afraid of their own self-loathing, the disgust they feel about their sins and and their innermost level. The gospel shines a light on that level. See, when the gospel light shines, it shines the most sensitive, darkest, deep, dreary parts of your existence. And God says, I seek it, I want it, out the way so I can save you and make you better. Does anybody understand that? So I, I'm trying. I'm trying to listen. I'm trying to get our people to the point where you stop. Again, you stop talking to everybody about the same problem. Right? Somebody will tell you about the problem, take it to scriptures, show you what it is. You'll say, "Okay, that's right." Amen, brother. Josh sword is right. Hang on the phone. Call somebody else. Woe is me. I'm just going through so then they try, they take you to the scriptures, pray with you, take it the same thing, click. You call the next person, gloom, despair, and agony on me. Why did you leave me here all alone? I searched I'm not gonna do it. But the point is, you keep going to people with the same sad sob story, and God answered the question. He fixed the problem from the first conversation. The only person dragging it out They're afraid of that. They're afraid. They're afraid. The gospel makes the world irrelevant. Guess what? When you give them the gospel in your life, you stop caring so much what everybody else has to say. You stop trying to keep up with the world in all the fashions. You stop trying to wear yourself out to keep up. Like my people who go over to, on Tuesdays, they go over to Hoover Dam. And <laughs> We go in them. We need to stop them. <laughs> because they go over there and do crazy stuff. <laughs> Look, why can't you ride a bike, take a walk to stay in shape? You don't have to run a million stairs. Do push-ups with cars on your back. But they do all that, and this dude is yelling, we got water, we got to water! <laughs> Duran went, he was like, my, uh, my, my recovery getting yeah, out. He said, usually I get a little kick from my calves, but when all of a sudden everything between my calves and my hip disappeared. I got to the step and I got to the, I couldn't go no further. Now the Ron is the same one who used performance performing enhancing drugs at the picnic. <laughs> he has not repented of that yet. Okay. He tried to get us with. It was still sealed though. It was still sealed but it was present and fell out of his pocket in the mass. <laughs> I said, the and he was raising little children. Since we need HGC to be children. <laughs> little time here just hanging on to his knee. Wait for me! <laughs> the gospel makes the world irrelevant. Look, you ain't got to do all that. You ain't got to swallow a whole yard of mud just to show that you a tough woman or a tough man. You ain't got to do Y'all know what that is? Tough
1: mudder. Y'all
0: hear about the mothers? You get? They go out there follow a whole half of football of mud, football field of mud, crawling around trying to.
1: Oh, great! I am so strong. Tomorrow I climb mountains. <laughs> when is just being healthy enough? Amen. When is just being fit
0: enough? You ain't got to be cut up to ripped up. Just be healthy. You know, people around look like you with skeletons. Hold them to the light to see all that business. <laughs> Philippians 3, 18-21 told you that. Now see, stop committing walk, walk of them who I have told you often and now take you with weeping, that they are enemies of the cross. Look, look, stop trying to keep up with the world around you, social media and all that kind of stuff. Don't try to keep up with those paths; they change too quick. And the whole, whole design of those paths are to distract you and pull you off the path. Point, point blank. Sin has deceived most people into believing that the world is comfortable, Hebrews chapter 11, uh, verses 9 through 10. Uh, that's why they fear the gospel, because they think the world is comfortable, and they think out there is life, out there is death. Also, they fear because the world would prefer to, to wallow in sin. Uh, they prefer the hogmire sin, the dog vomit of evil, than the blessings in Christ. That's, uh, that's what long-term sin does to one. The world is afraid of the gospel because it separates the world from its comfort zone. 1 John 2, 15 through 17, do not love the world or the things in this world. If anyone loves this world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in this world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. It is not the Father, but it is of the world. And the world is passing away in the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Fear should drive one toward the gospel. Fear should press one further into, should not press one further into sin, but instead should move him against sin. Now, I'm going to conclude this lesson. We'll finish it at another time, Lord willing. But I want you to see the power of the gospel. And the gospel is calling, and he's calling you out of darkness into light. And if you're outside of Christ, you are lost. You have no salvation. All salvation is in Jesus Christ, okay? And the fact is, Jesus said, unless you believe that I am him, you will die in your sins, and where he is, you cannot come. He said, in my father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I wouldn't have said it. But see, you can't go to glory unless you obey the gospel. You have to, as you live, die, be buried in the watery grave, be resurrected, have the Holy Spirit put to you, put in you, and added to the church, which is his body. One head, one foundation, one Jesus, one body, one church. All churches are not okay because not all churches are in the Bible. I know you call yourself a Christian, but my question is, does God call you a Christian? If you haven't obeyed the gospel, then you're not. So leave all your isms, like the ones I mentioned. Come out of that today. Come down front. Give God, give, give God your, give us your hand, God your heart. Let Him transform you and wash you, uh, wash you clean of sin and add you to His body and start your walk today. All sins washed away. Stop being afraid of the gospel because the challenges of the gospel make you greater, make you stronger, make you more mature. You'll grow up. And don't you think it's about time you grow up?
1: Well, Jesus wants to grow you up. Christians, come on! Now,
0: if you are in a denomination, I I, I I plead with you, don't stay. If you grew up in a denomination, come out of the denomination, repent of that, and be baptized today. If you were baptized in a denomination, they didn't save your soul. Come on and do it the gospel way. He calls: if you hear, believe, repent, confess, and be baptized for remission of your sins. You will be added to the fire. You will be added to the role of heaven. You will be headed to glory. You remain faithful unto death. Huh? Yes, I ask you that you're here today. Stop
1: being afraid. They don't come to you anymore. Please call.
0: Please come. on not stand and say, Somebody's not here.